0: Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content. Because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premiere sets the standard. Be Premiere.
1: Hey everybody, this is Dominic D'Angelo of Inside the Ropes and of other outlets as well, ad-free shows, but I am here today on the Premier Streaming Network. It is episode 15 of One of a Kind. I'm happy to welcome back. None other than Mr. Monday night, Mr. Wednesday night uh, just recently, Mr. Thursday night, Mr. Money in the Bank, it's Rob Pandam. Rob, welcome back to the show, brother.
0: Thanks, dude. Episode 15.
1: Episode 15. Okay, we wow. back. Yeah. <laughs> It's a bit good.
0: Everything was good, man. Feeling great. It's a good day. Good good week.
1: Right, right. Uh, sad sad week in wrestling a little bit.
0: Yeah, no doubt about
1: yeah, that. Things that happened um, Yeah, I wanted to touch upon those kicking off by everything. Um first off uh, Bray Wyatt, the unexpected the very unexpected passing of Bray Wyatt, uh, only 36 years old, uh, reported heart attack. Um, Rob, did you ever get to interact with him at all?
0: yeah, uh, I did some. Um, mm-hmm. and he was a really good guy. you know I I talked to him when when I was there. I, I can't remember if it was when I returned in 2013 or if it was before I left in 2007. I can't remember uh, but but I, I did talk to him and his brother Bo. Um, and then last time I remember seeing Bray, must have been one of the Hall of Fames, like over the last four or five years, or whenever it was that I started going to the Hall of Fame again after disappearing from uh, that them for a minute. I don't know what year it was. Last time I saw him, though, I remember he was he was really happy. Um, so I think I think it was around the time when he was doing the thing with Alexa Bliss uh, or getting into that character or whatever because uh but i'm not sure though but i do remember he was really happy and he was expressing to me uh how happy he was and that they were using his ideas and he was able to express himself the way he wanted to and it was really cool to hear and also at the same time i remember thinking like wow i guess you know we're better friends than i than i thought we were or at least you know he uh, appreciates me more than that than I realized you know just the way he was opening up and 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 we had that had that moment you know what I mean and um that that happens a lot with me you know what I mean because uh um i I never assume that I'm making a, a huge impression on people a lot of times I'll introduce myself to people and they'll be like they're, they're offended because they think I don't remember them and like, Did we met and I'm like oh, all right I'm You know, maybe I didn't really know, but I never expect someone to remember me, you know, necessarily, because my ego doesn't tell me, you know, you just made a huge impact on their life by shaking their hand, you know. So, so I don't know. So I don't know. Like, good to see you again. Right.
1: No. Well, from what I've been hearing, like after, you know, the word got round of his passing and stuff like that, he was very uh outgoing and a friendly person to everybody and like i guess he gave like the warmest hugs to people so it was like in a lot of ways that like it He very much felt like you knew that you knew him when you met him i never got to meet him but yes uh from everything i've been gathering he's very like wonderful person and human being and uh, everybody loved him and he was very insightful too when it came to uh wrestling obviously growing up in that family and stuff like that and the legacy that you know barry windham and mike rotunda and uh everybody to that effect being there and so um he grew up in the business it's pretty sad pre- definitely pretty sad um his fiend gimmick was something else too man
0: yeah oh it was so over the fans <laughs> loved him you know they, yeah. they're sure that he's just you know one week away from the biggest comeback ever the way they keep him in mind you know and uh, and that's awesome to be to stay that hot and um yeah everyone's gonna just say what a good guy um And I know we're going to move on to talk about Terry Funk who died like just the day before. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Just the day.
0: before. Um, You know what I mean? I have different experiences with Terry, but in both ways it feels a little bit awkward to me when people send me their condolences. I feel like I don't deserve it. You know what I mean? Like I want to pay it forward and pass that on to, to the family and, and, you know, especially to his kids and wife and uh, or fiance, whatever, and also, and even to the fans that are really crushed over this because you know we have that connection. Certain wrestlers really touch the fans in such a way that they're they're part of their lives. You know, I I'd like to, I know that I'm one of those with with a lot of my fans, and man, I still see like people are still crushed. And, and shocked over Eddie Guerrero from
2: 2005.
0: Oh gosh, yeah, people are still like, man, I can't believe that he has gone. And I think that was 2005. That was so long ago. You know, it's uh, it's part of life. The longer you go on, the more people you see die. And you know, um, I, I don't want to sound callous, but um, you know, I I get used to to seeing it. Um, there are certain people that I, you know I wouldn't be able to handle quite like other people. But um, I, I definitely, you know, people reaching out to me saying, man, I'm, you know, saddened for your loss and condolences. I wish I could just take that and, you know, like, like, like I said, pay it forward and like uh, pass that on to, to, uh, people that are, that are really hurt over this. And I'm, you know, and I'm, and I'll, um, go ahead and suffer the loss my own way, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. And no, to your point too, he was one of those guys that a lot of fans connected with, like i uh, it's i was just thinking about too it's like he was uh you know that supernatural persona that the undertaker had he was carrying it on in a lot of ways and that's the tough tough kind of gimmick to do in a lot like you know to create the believability and his ability to do that as the fiend was like oh man the the menacing the menace almost that you hear about in wrestling and stuff like that his was like hot to another high level of that and so and like j- just this, uh, creativity that he pitched to at it all, it's like he had that special connection with fans that a lot of wrestlers get, and like, and, you know, it, there was so much more potential for him to for be able to do a lot of stuff, I think, in the business
0: as well. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's his... Oh, no, never mind. I was trying to figure out how he's... How, he's, how are Mike Rotunda and Barry Wyndham related? Are they...
1: So, yeah, well, uh, Mike Rotunda is Barry Wyndham's brother-in-law. So he married Barry. Uh, Mike Rotundo married Barry Wyndham's wife, and uh, so that.
0: Mike Rotundo one. married Barry, oh, Wyndham. Barry Wyndham's
1: sister. I'm sorry, his sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, his sister, and so yeah, and so that's uh, Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas are their children. So um, that's how they're related. So okay. Barry Wyndham is uncle. Is it, yeah. Yeah, is it? Hey,
0: but um, man, you know, back. Um, I guess it was I don't know one of my runs with, with WWE. I just remember what a trip that was to, to experience, to be in the arena, whether I'm laid out on the floor, you know, thinking, man, they're, they're abusing me. Like I gotta, I gotta crawl my way back during the commercial breaks so when everyone forgets about me, but, but and nonetheless, when they would turn the lights out and everyone held their lighter up, you know, oh, that was wow. just so awesome. That was so awesome to, to experience firsthand that, that, that energy and uh, you know, that audience participation, it was just so
1: real. It's a unique it was a very unique spectacle and he brought a lot to it and uh creativity some of the humor that was in it and then the darkness it was all across the board a really really fun persona he did he did a lot and it was it's such a shame to lose him so early and everything obviously so all right all right um all right and then yeah uh terry funk who you know we talked about even a couple weeks ago on here um you did mention that like you were more connected with dory than you were with terry but uh, is that anything else, uh, after hearing about his passing, anything else kind of jog your memory in relation to what you had with Terry? Or-
0: well, you know, I remember when he came to ECW and he was working with us then, you know,
1: mm-hmm. and um,
0: I was, that, that was like party days for me. You know what I mean? I, I actually, at that time, you know, those, those were somas, pain pills, whatever, gobble, gobble. That was before Louis had passed away. Mm-hmm. Before I realized how dangerous they were, that sounds so stupid. Thinking I'm twenty six, twenty seven years old, an adult, and then I didn't realize how dangerous eating all those you don't pills. think
1: about that though. I like in a lot of ways when you're even that age, it's just like you it don't- was
0: part of our society, you know, part of the mm-hmm. culture, and everyone was doing it and, it, and it was fun. You know what I mean? I didn't, I, I really didn't know until my friends started dropping off. But I, but I, I think of you know, one particular time when Terry was there and, uh, and I don't know what I was looking for, but I just remember, um,
1: hold on a second. Uh, yeah, no
0: problem. I feel like I disrespected him. Cause I just, I went up to him and I was just like, Hey Terry, you got any drugs? And he was like, no, I don't need any. I don't think you need any either. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Looking back at it, though, it was so stupid and disrespectful, you know. Like, I don't even know what I – you know, I once thought I was being crazy. I went up to Terry Funk and asked him, you know. I, I knew he didn't have any, and I knew he didn't do any, you know. But, but for whatever reason, I guess I thought I was making some kind of a – uh a bold or brave uh, statement for, for, for what, I don't know. But looking back at it, it was, it was really stupid. You know, nothing I'm nothing I'm too proud of. I'm just sharing it here because I'm that open and it's a memory that, you know, that does stick with me. But um, fortunately, that's not my only memory uh, of him, but I never really, you know, worked with him a lot, never hung out with him a whole lot. Um, that barboy match with Sabu when I came out, and uh clipped the barbed wire that might be the only time maybe that I was even in the ring with him maybe
1: yeah cuz i mean uh, yeah to think about like how what he brought to ECW like he he really kind of helped set the precedent like that that established star that comes in and be so, like hey look at all these up and coming stars that are happening here too and terry funk's a part of it and so I uh, took look at that, and like it would have been kind of neat for you guys to cut, clash in the ring at some point or another. In a there was game. one time
0: where Sabu and I were about to put somebody through a table.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The way I remember it, it was in, in Philly at the Viking Hall. We were both up on the top row, opposite corners. Sabu puts his, his finger up, damn. And um, a chair hit him in the back of the head. He turned around and got one in the face. one of those times when everyone threw their chairs in the ring and called the finish. And in my mind, I'm always thinking, like, was that Bam Bam Bigelow? But I think it also maybe could have been Terry Funk. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs)
1: yeah. I mean, Terry and and Sabu had that legendary match, too. And uh, what was uh, Sabu's uh, thoughts on Terry and everything? Oh, he
0: respected the hell out of him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved working with him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) By the way... Um, <coughs> as I'm choking on protein the, bars yes yeah, well I got I got that ready and um, and I have these uh, mixed nuts right now uh-huh. uh, I always say that I, I don't munch I don't get the munchies and I don't munch in between meals uh, and that's true like 99% of the time but sometimes um, I buy peanuts and I just try to like I'll walk when I'm walking by, maybe I'll eat a handful or two handfuls and try and get some extra protein in me or whatever. And Man. Uh, <laughs> it's tough, but yeah, it, it, it's nothing that I don't do it every day or, or whatever, but I do like them. But um so I feel like you know, that I don't want to be taken as a hypocrite And the and the protein bars, that's straight up, that's like a meal. Like they're I get the ones that are 20 grams of protein, zero sugar, and you know, if I eat two of them, boom, that's a whole that's a whole meal. So that's not whole meal. That's not much. But, yeah, but I don't, just for anyone that gives a fuck, I don't, you know, buy candy and I don't eat it and I don't snack and I don't eat, like, chips and stuff. There's always exceptions. I
1: might
0: sure. I might go to Subway and say, you know what, damn it, I'm breaking down and getting those multi multigrain chips to eat with my sandwich. Yeah, you
1: can but, have fun chips.
0: <laughs> yeah. But in general, in general, I don't, though. It's just protein intakes, you know, every so often. So I'm choking right here and dying by my hypocrisy. <clears throat> I just wanted to spit that out, literally.
1: <laughs> Terry Funk needs to throw a chair at your back so you get it all clear. <clears throat> <down. laughs>
0: oh. oh. Uh, I I don't remember... Any other like really like deep stories uh, being with with Terry? You know we talked about being at the Funk Ranch, right? That was really
1: cool. Oh, for the for the match, right? Yep.
0: Well, it was that same trip, but I guess yeah, we went to the Funk Ranch on that trip, and we got pictures of the oh. boys there. I have a picture of me and Sabu and Taz and Chris Candido, and I know oh, Dreamer yeah. was there too. Um, I think I don't know why he's not in the photo, but. We all got to go out because we were in Amarillo for that retirement match that's on Beyond the Map documentary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we all got to go out and, and visit his uh, farm, which was really cool. You know, g- good experience. Um, pretty private going to the dude's house. But besides that, I don't got much, you know, much much that comes to mind except, you know, R.I.P. Hardcore legend. Yeah. It, uh,
1: how did we kind of – how do you view him overall, like as like a referee, influential in the business kind of aspect of that all?
0: Um, personally, I feel like overall his contributions to to the industry were huge, but a lot of it wasn't to the American crowd, and so because of that, a lot of the fans in the United States might not remember him. I remember when Terry and Dory and, um, uh, man, I just had his name till I went to say it, but he, but they, they called him Jimmy Jack Funk.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Can...
0: Art Bar? Not Art Bar. Jesse Bar? Um,
1: oh, I, I don't know. Maybe I can Google it real quick. So
0: <clears throat> I remember as a fan, I couldn't, I don't think I was in the business. I, to say, I remember being like on Saturday night's main event, like those days when I was really young. But I remember the three of them when they were in uh, WWF and had that run for a while. But besides that, a lot of the fans that wouldn't watch Japanese wrestling and trade tapes or didn't get to watch ECW might not quite uh, be able to appreciate them as much. Because they didn't see him as much, but but overall, you know, obviously, I mean, as big of a legend as as there can be,
1: and that, you know, that's the great point too. Because I I think about it too, I grew up, at <laughs> Attitude Era and stuff, and uh, I was only familiar with Terry starting off as you know, believe it or not, like Chainsaw Charlie and you know his run with Mick Foley and that kind of thing in the Attitude Era, but then. <laughs> later on you kind of as you get more involved and learn about the business it's like wow he's he had such an impact not just you know with there but like nwa champion then you know all, obviously ecw in japan all japan with dory and uh some of those death matches he had with anita and just cr- crazy stuff and I yeah. Don't, I, yeah i don't think i ever told you this too rob but i uh i interviewed him like in 2020. And um, it was – I was look, looking high and low to try to get his phone number too because I read the autobiography that he had for two, in 2005. And I was like, damn, I'd love to get Terry Funk. So I was looking all over the place trying to see how I could contact him. So I sent an email to Dave Meltzer and, like, wrote him, like, this war and peace letter. of like, hey, uh, this is why I want to talk to Terry and all that stuff. And he just sent me his phone number.
0: No and shit. Was,
1: yeah, and that was it. That was it. And so wow. I was just on my back porch. Well, uh, like, no, tell him where you got it.
0: One of those or –
1: <laughs> no, it was just I, I wrote him like this whole letter and all Dave Meltzer sent me was just the phone number. That was it. Terry Falk. Yeah. Terry
0: Funk. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I called mm-hmm. it and sure enough, Terry answered. And I was like, hey, Terry, I read your book, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, uh, it's sure enough, it is Terry. You can hear it. And he's like, yeah, I'll talk to you. I'll do an interview with you.
0: And Listen, so, Dom, Dom, don't you ever give anybody my phone number
1: without asking. Me. I will not do that i will not do that (laughs) is there a
0: way i can make your picture be closer to the camera so i can look at you and look at the camera at the same time
1: that's a good question i can move myself in a little bit or is it or maybe let me see oh you know what rob go into your corner in the right hand corner and there's a little square maybe you if you click on that that might enlarge it i see it on my screen at least i I can enlarge
0: it um but like it doesn't bring you closer to the camera really it just makes you bigger oh i want to move you up i want to move you up so you're so you're like right there and then i can look at you
1: when i'm talking to you oh stay. like one-on-one kind of thing i'm not sure if you can do the one-on-one thing right. not like quite like zoom but
0: i would have to be able to cut the screen or move the window past the top of the screen you know yeah but i thought there might be a way to do that I don't hmm. know. Hmm.
1: yeah maybe we'll, we'll have to dabble in Streamyard a little bit I'll fans let
0: me know below
1: yeah, if you know if you know what we're doing, I'm just shooting from the hip with this stuff.
0: Hey, some of these videos are um, have been getting a lot of uh, comments and shit going on the YouTube. They, have page. Been. That's
1: cool. they had, yeah. yeah, they very much have been. It's gonna, it'll be interesting to see too. Like, I have a few of them here. Not not too many this week, but um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> uh, after that too, Rob, I talk me and, I called Terry every couple of weeks. Cause he was like after we did the interview he's like i like talking to you let's talk some more and so i sure enough i'd call him and keep in touch and i did it for about wow. two, and a half, two and a half years and stuff so it was pretty cool so, but,
0: that is cool then you got to meet him in person never got to meet him yeah, in well okay
2: yeah,
1: yeah never got to meet him in person but always like we talked i watched like Onita and i talked to him about that match and different. and ju- we just bullshit about life and stuff like that And it was all during covid and so all the crazy stuff and happening and so it was a pretty neat experience but yeah, yeah. So, he became one of my favorites. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it, good Rob. Guy. Yeah, very good guy. That's, very good guy. Yeah. You always hear about that, too. So, um, all right. By the way,
0: talking about the lack of United States experience, I wasn't thinking about way back to the NWA and Territories days. I mean, those, you know, for the fans that know about that part, they, they, that of course, you know, they were some of the pioneers, him, him and his oh, brother. yeah. But,
1: him and Dory, yeah. like, just one of those defending NWA champions. And yeah. then, like him establishing himself as that. And then Terry did had a short run as NWA champion too, but uh, ended up, you know, kind of moving on from that. But f- famous feud with Dusty, Flair, you know, all that kind of stuff happened. And, uh, yeah, very much established. That. And he could, oh, Jerry Lawler, and he could kind of promo. He was great at baby face or heel, either one too.
0: People love imitating Terry Funk's voice. He's one of those, like Cactus Jack, <laughs> I guess, you know, where people love love to imitate that name dusty
1: anyone any one of those you can yeah <laughs> yeah he definitely has a good good voice to imi- imitate
0: i never heard anybody do my voice that sounds anything like me they always just go dude uh, what yeah
1: <laughs> let me let's do that's what i sound like yeah that's <laughs> what it is yes that's what i sound like
0: you know what's weird is uh when people try to do the thumbs to, to imitate me mm-hmm but they do it like this.
1: They don't use their thumb.
0: No, like I swear to God, this is a thing. Really? Like it happens every once in a while. The first time I remember seeing it was Linda McMahon. She was she like, "Yeah." You know, she, she told me that after I'd been there like a short amount of time. She goes, "I love that thing you do. It's so cute. Where you where you point at yourself?" And I Wait, was like, is
2: that, "Is
0: that what she sees?" And then since then, like I pointed it out. So Katie, you know, Katie's aware of it too and she notices it's not very often but every once in a while someone will do that and they'll be like rvd and they and i'm like how do they see that like they think they forget or they really like see it that i'm doing that in their mind or how does that work i wonder
1: they got arthritis and they just can't handle
0: their thumbs maybe Maybe. (laughs) but i mean it, it seems like it's happened like not a lot but 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 you know, like between five and ten times over the years. It's a thing. It's a real thing. I love I it never- when you say, D.
2: I'm going
0: to steal that. My, my name is John Paul Jones, so I go J, P, J.
1: I never told you this story too, Rob. It was like my last day in college. Like I graduated and uh, there was this trash bar called the cell block. It was just like people drinking. and like just nuts. And they had this cover band playing and stuff like that. And I got super hammered, super hammered. And I just popped up on stage and I started doing RVD. And the monster came up behind me and just picked me up and just set me back down off the stage. (laughs) Sounds like
0: he was nice to you. (laughs) He was nice to me. Yeah, he was just like, he
1: just hammered me. just put him back down.
0: He's like, you're lucky I love RVD. He's
1: like, he is the man. (laughs)
2: yeah
1: <laughs> so <laughs> well hey uh so speaking of which uh people will get to meet you at uh starcast six coming up uh yeah sat friday evening and saturday saturday during the day but we also have a stage show coming up oh shit oh shit yeah. and that'll be saturday uh i believe early afternoon or like lunchtime around lunchtime so uh We'll have some good stuff. We'll have good conversation. Uh, feel free to tune in. Uh, Rob will also have stickers that he. You can look. tell him
0: out of shape in that in that shirt.
1: Oh in yeah, that- look how out of shape you are, Rob. Jeez, oh my god. You can tell. Oh my god.
0: Jeez. Let him. I let myself go.
1: Let yourself go. <laughs> <laughs> Rob being hot, damn. Jeez, <laughs> right. let it Back to loose. the
0: stickers, bro. Tell them about the stickers.
1: Yeah, so I got stickers made. And hey, if you go meet RVD, he'll just give them to you. So, uh, boom, yeah, and nothing to it. You don't gotta pay. It's just it's got Hallaney's artwork on there, and it's our podcast logo. So uh, you don't tell yeah. them
0: that before. You tell them that after they buy a picture. Uh, dog, they're gonna line no, up.
1: That's the incentive. The you go picture. buy a picture, and you get the sticker here too.
0: And then they're gonna want me to sign, and they're gonna be pissed when my agent says, "Uh, yeah, hand over some money."
1: Hand over a little bit of cashola, a little cashola.
0: That's what they do though, they charge for the autograph. People bring their own shit all the time.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so so how it works too typically, Rob, I, I I'm I don't sign stuff. So you do you bring your own eight by tens a lot of the times or is it no very,
0: very almost almost never. Almost okay. never. Yeah, because I'm just um, paid to be there. It's the way I prefer to do it. So that's why I do less of the other kind anymore. But you know, there are a few different ways to do it, but um, I'm so busy that I'm able to pick and choose and so like um, I'm, I'm paid a flat rate to be there and then th- everything's on them everything yeah. so they gotta they gotta bring whatever merch charge whatever they want try to make their money back and then some and then um, you know I'm just there to smile and meet the fans and shake some hands and throw some RVDs on their items.
1: A little, yeah. I got. I know from experience too, being in Pittsburgh. Rob takes his time. He's gracious with you guys. He', he great at signing stuff. Top notch. It's always it's always
0: been cool to meet the fans. I've always enjoyed that. And I was always told I was the only one in WWE that would come out in the back at the arenas and shit. And uh, um, Katie's gonna get that. We're expecting that. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> But, you know, the fans would, like, uh, line up or they'd be, like, standing at the fence around the parking lot where the boys park. And and um, I would always, like, if I had enough time, I'd get them on my way in. But either way, I would love to just take a break from being at the fucking uh, in the middle of work, you know, I'd be like, I'm just going to go walk outside and get some sun and. You know, take some pictures, sign some autographs, and it makes people so happy. And they would always tell me about Rob. You're the only one that does this, man. We appreciate you. And they tell me about certain guys if they were jerks or whatever that walk in. <laughs> and I'd be like, Well, maybe they were in a hurry. I don't know. You know. Yeah. I always love that. Even even when uh, with the Make a Wish and with the agent agent setup meet and greets, I was always volunteering. Tim White used to always give me props for that and say that I was the best at volunteering. But it's because I got a break. Yeah. From from being around all the boys and and shit, you know, and got to go where I actually felt appreciated. <laughs> and so, so I was always like, "Hey Tim, you got any meet and greets today?" And they'd be like, "Oh, we do, Rob, but we're gonna we're gonna switch it up and uh, and go with so and so today because you know we got you the last four times. You know, just take it easy, take a break today. I'd be like, "All right, hey, let me fair
2: know.
0: <laughs> let me know. Yeah."
1: Did you do a lot of make a wishes?
0: Um. Uh, not a lot by by standards that that I think would qualify a lot. no, but it was part of something, you know, I'm sure I've done dozens of them at the arena. Um, they would uh, like I said, I was always volunteering and, and also not just Tim White, but also um, and Suzanne. Um, Sue, Sue, Sue Richards, I think anyway. I love that dealing with the agents and going out there. And, and whether it was contest winners from, hey, stop. Come here. Come here. Whether it was uh, contest winners from a local radio show or whether it was, uh, you know, three or four Make-A-Wish kids in a room waiting to meet, didn't mean the difference to me. It was all the same, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I bet it's, it's just a neat experience. And like, not only are you are getting something out of it, but you're helping those kids out and everything yeah yeah. they can know like their early lives too about like oh man setting setting a fandom you know it's pretty neat barbie's a fan too (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah. no that's true i mean it's you know you got to be cognizant of the impact that you have on others and when you're in a position like ours a high profile role model kind of situation you know where man people could just kids especially just Ah. light up when they see like whoa Rob Van Dam, you know, and it's like uh, something that can be taken for granted if you don't see it enough. And you could be in the locker room not doing meet and greets day after day after day, dealing with the same kind of political energy. And maybe if you have like ongoing issues of feeling underappreciated or something, there's no escapism from it uh and so it can it can kind of drown you so it's nice <laughs> to get some air and uh and uh feel freshened up for the moment yeah that's how i
1: always at it yeah oh no, that's definitely true too that's definitely true well cool hey speaking of fans we got a little bit of feedback i picked out here uh from uh, youtube if you guys like what you see obviously go to the youtube go to rvdpod.com uh check out the videos the clips and uh make some comments because uh, they might get read right on here too and even if not rob's rob's always checking them out too and uh, you know seeing it all so and i i look at them as well so obviously because i'm it, down below below down below, down below. Get, get some comments cooking on there that helps us out all right so big rocka 9606 says love the pod applying rvdology to my life and it's been helping me get through the mental grind of life just started reading the Celestian Prophecy also love the stories and a peek behind the curtain. So how about that, Rob?
0: Boom. Doesn't get any better than that, man. That's the kind of feedback I love to hear. I love to know that I am accomplishing that. That's fucking what I do it for.
1: I think that's the coolest aspect, I think, too, is the RV ideology and like it, people being able to carry it. It's like, hopefully we're entertaining you, but then on top of it, hopefully you're learning a lot of stuff, too, just uh, stuff that you can apply to your daily life pretty neat oh. yes all right so you meant you talked to this guy but he says hey rob a huge fan since 2003 well my parents actually let me watch wrestling i was wondering if you had a panic attack from smoking weed i had a heart condition and smoked oil called an ambulance because i didn't want my girlfriend to find me dead on the ground and you said you never have but you had friends that have be careful it's not for everyone yeah, yeah that can be an aspect of, uh, definitely smoking. Um,
0: uh, <laughs> I've
2: yeah, definitely one,
0: yeah, yeah, I have, uh, I have one friend in particular that, uh, heavily, heavy smoker. He used to own a, um, medical marijuana store, you know, so he was really into it. And after smoking for years, all of a sudden he stopped and said that he started like freaking out and, uh, and, and he was telling me to beware, like, this just happens, you know, and it's never happened to me. He's already gone back to smoking and, I don't know, maybe 10 years later, had the exact same thing happen again. Wow. So now It
1: just so happens now, out of nowhere sometimes for him.
0: Apparently, yeah, you know, <laughs> apparently, you know, we're all different. We all react differently to absolutely every form of stimuli <laughs> that happens throughout the day and and, and that's something that I can't be completely shocked at because I know that's true.
2: because mm-hmm. I know
0: that everyone has different reactions. It's it's, it's not normal, you know, but, but the paranoia thing, you know, has been talked about a lot. So obviously that happens to a lot of people, but I usually think that paranoia has a lot to do with just um, having um, an alternate perception, a little bit of a feeling of a loss of control because things look different. You can't tell how your death perception's off, whatever. I think a lot of it is just, the, like I said, the loss of control and reacting to that. But also, you know, it could be directly releasing cortisol and, uh, and adrenaline from the brain on some people and just straight up causing panics, you know? It's like, hey, uh, you know, maybe maybe try a different strand or, or maybe just stay away from it, you know, but just know that that's not how it affects everybody.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I know I very novice when it comes to smoking, but when I did, I definitely had, I've had panic attacks on it before, but then it's just definitely de- depends on if you like who you're around and just kind of how much you kind of do too. I think helps you out a little bit too. If you're with people that you feel comfortable with, <sighs> that's helped me out. But
0: um, when, uh, when uh, they had all the the, the the legal weed that was going around, the spice, that used to be my routine when I was with uh, TNA Impact in 2009, 10,
1: 11, 10, 11, 12, I mean.
0: Yeah. During that run, because I'd already gotten busted so many times for, for marijuana, I'm like, dude, I'm in there. I'm down to Florida for two days every two weeks.
2: Mm -hmm. Like it's so
0: simple. It's not worth getting busted over. So, so I wouldn't bring weed, you know, and I would just go a couple days without, but then I learned, uh, I could stop at this pipe store. I used to have this routine. I'd get the apple at Quiznos at the Orlando airport Mm -hmm. and that was going to be my pipe. And then uh, I would stop at this uh, pipe store that sold uh, the, the spices And, and they had it down. So, you know, you would know the packaging, the brand you could count on, Somewhat consistent quality. Mr. Nice Guy was one of my favorites that I used to get, and I would buy that. And then um, all day at Universal Studios, I'm out in my car listening to uh, um, Howard Stern at, at the time. And I would, you know, I would just pack the apple. I'd make a pipe out of it, stick a pen in, whew, make a little chamber, and I would, I would smoke that out of that. And uh, and it was amazing. It wasn't as healthy as weed, and I knew that. I knew I was giving up something, but I figured a couple of days, uh, every couple of weeks, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and, uh, and and you know bite bite it on this one. Yeah. So. It was stronger than weed. It made me feel like Superman sometimes, like, wow, gave me energy. It was amazing. And, uh, and then a lot of the other guys, you know, sometimes would sit in the car with me and smoke, and uh, that became a thing. There was one kind um of devil's, not devil's, I don't think it was devil's advocate, something like that, though. Mm-hmm. That That is the only thing that I've had that, that um, made me completely freak out. It was straight up just a reaction, a chemical reaction in my brain to that particular uh, intake, what I took, you know, because it was, I was at a signing and I went off by myself and I, and all of a sudden it was like acid or, or um, I, I, I compare it to acid because like, my vision turned everything physical into blah and just like blending and, yeah. and, I, and and all of a sudden like my heart rate went way up i started panicking you know and i was like whoa and i'm looking around and i was just like oh my god i am fucked up and <laughs> i don't that just happened that one kind with that but i put that shit away and it was probably like a year later I, I, I pulled the same package out, tried it again, did the same thing to me. Hit it. Oh, man. Yeah. It was just not enjoyable. It was like brrr, everything. like Everything was just moving. Uh, nothing was solid. You know, and it's like, whoa.
1: Uh. <laughs> I know. Oh, wow. oh, man. I've taken uh, – once I – I've a friend of mine at work gave me edibles, and I had one. I took one. And I'm not used to taking edibles, and I waited about an hour and a half, and I was like, this is not doing fucking shit. And so then I took another one, right immediately kicked in, and boom, my night was ruined. <laughs>
0: Everybody's got one of those stories with edibles, it seems like.
1: Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hard to judge on those.
1: Oh, very much so, very much. Wow. All right. So uh, this jogged my memory. Uh, Gary Rossetti, 2443, says, Katie Forbes took a wicked cactus driver from Sandy Callahan and looked great while taking it and sold it perfectly. I think I remember when that happened, and I was like, wow, she did sell it that really well. (laughs) (laughs) So that that was a pretty neat comment, I thought.
0: Yeah, maybe they're going to need the garage door open. Oh, okay. She's already on it, dude.
1: Already on the case. All right. uh, Right. Yeah,
0: hey baby, they were just talking about that awesome uh pile driver you took from Sammy. Oh, thank
1: you. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah.
2: so.
1: That
0: was funny. Uh, they had her her video where they played a, a video that was supposedly hers or something on the screen. I can't remember, I just remember she was like, I worked so hard on it. <laughs> I can't remember what the video was, but it was funny. Oh, I know it was his face on her body.
2: Oh,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: okay, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah <laughs> sammy callahan man
1: callahan. Yeah. how about that all right rob so uh to tie this kind of into terry funk this week i uh well i thought the wrestler He's one of those
0: dudes by the way he's one of those dudes who like i didn't know how much of an impact i had on him one of the last uh we were we were in philly wrestling for tna mm-hmm. i guess for impact i guess and um They have a bar there now that they didn't used to have inside the Philly arena. It's really, really nice now. Maybe I'd show you if I was doing a WWE tour, um, WrestleMania weekend. But um, I have good reason to believe that might have been canceled because of the recent appearance I might have done with permission from a different company. Um, but right now I, I don't feel like I can talk too much about that, but yeah. anyway, I was sitting at that bar with Sammy and he was telling me how much this match that he and I had in an indie show, how much you learned from it and how much I impacted him and taught him and everything. And I'm just, it always gets me, you know, I always appreciate it. Cause if they don't tell me, I wouldn't know, you yeah, know, and no, I was yeah,
1: and you, like, you don't t- really think about that
0: stuff. No, I was just thinking about that one, that one bonding drink that I had that one time, you know, and and it was one of the last times that I seen him, you know, and I was like, really? Like, wow, man, I, I had no idea, you know, because I was talking about someone else that said that I meant mentored them or whatever. And he was kind of like, You do that for me too, you know? And I was like, huh? So but <laughs> do you anyway, think that
1: happens a lot, Rob, with you? Like, do you think a lot of like I'm an OG,
0: I'm an OG, you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. used to being I'm used to being OG. Like I like I have said before, like I don't personally relate to to feeling old, but I understand that I've been around for lifetimes, so I get where people, um, you know, that are younger would would think of me as being old, but man, if they feel like this when they're my age, then they're not going to feel old either. It's like, uh, but um, I'm used to that, though. I'm used to being an OG, and I'm used to everybody all day telling me they grew up watching me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's it would be kind of interesting to figure out how many of the wrestlers are apprehensive to tell you that, and like maybe I'm sure there's more that you don't even know about. There, just
0: like oh, well, I'm sure, yeah, it, yeah, you know, that's a really, and that's that's fine, you know what I mean? Wait till I die, no, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're know, you're right though. That is that is the way the way that it is, and a lot of people don't want to mark out, and they know that I don't that I was taught not to mark out for other wrestlers before I ever got in the dressing room and shit. But, but yeah, I know it does really go a long way when, when, you know, someone, uh, someone tells me that, you know, like I I worked a lot with that, um, Zima Ion and, uh, and impact. And and so, you know, he was, he was telling me that when I saw him, when I did the hall of, uh, what did we do? We did the draft picks, um, and I saw him, he was, he wanted me to, he want to take the time to tell me that directly. You know how much I, he appreciated that I took the time to to help him up and work with him, and and uh, and how much he learned from it. And, and he'll always appreciate it. And shit, and it's like that. That always goes. Uh, that always goes a really long way. A lot, a lot further than the uh, the fans that say uh, "fuck no job, Rob."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a balance to the scales, all. Or, or now,
0: or or now, it's like he's a jobber now.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, that's the <laughs> thing too. Yeah, that's what it goes down to too. Right. But <laughs> yeah. know, like so. But like, I just want to
0: know. interrupt you. I want to interrupt you to talk about put Sammy over like that for a minute because uh, that goes that goes uh, a long way.
1: He's got a good crew too. All those Ohio guys I know that really tie into it. And I know he's helped them a lot, so it's like it all transitions over. So. Pretty neat.
0: I said, I'm going to get a special RVD tattoo and have all of my followers that really believe in me get that tattoo. So I'll know without them having to uh, embarrass themselves, put themselves in an awkward position or, or say anything at all. They'll just
1: be like, RVD. Hey, check it out. It would be like, you know, owning a Harley almost, you know, where like people like acknowledge you. Hey, we're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like it uh yes so uh i thought to tie it into terry funk this week um we did touch upon him a little bit uh on i think it was like our maybe our first or third episode or something like that but i figured we'd talk about tommy dreamer this week. i know him yeah yeah i think you're familiar with this guy a little bit um yeah. speaking of when did you guys first meet or do you what was your first impressions of tommy because you met when you started in ecw i imagine right
0: I imagine that's the first time I met him and I don't remember meeting him.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't recall what my first impression was, but I don't remember thinking anything different of him ever other than he's a very likable, affable guy. Uh, Seems to have honorable, good intentions behind his actions, he's um, fun to be around, and uh, he cares very, very
1: much about the business. Oh, yeah. You can definitely tell that. 100%. You can tell that. Yeah. Story. He's like, you know, he's he's a co-host on Busted Open Radio, and you, you definitely see that just shine through on, uh, through the radio and stuff. And,
0: and and also a great sense of humor. You know, like some guys are serious, you know, like, I don't know, Billy Gunn, Billy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, and then and then you know tommy um always um always in a in in a good mood to at least make fun of himself at the very least you know what i mean And be humble and uh sarcastic as opposed to serious
1: right yeah definitely um kind of like self-deprecating in certain ways and just yeah you'll always like like to see that too a lot yeah for a point of reference for our listeners uh Tommy's one of Tommy's early matches in, EC, uh, in ECW was at NWA Bloodfest in October 2nd, 1993. The Tasmaniac defeated Tommy Dreamer. So how about that? Oh, before I forget too, apparently your uh, recent rival Jungle Boy or Jack Perry, he's going to be facing Hook at All In this weekend uh, in in London. I, I forgot to ask you, did you run into Hook at all when you were backstage at AEW? Yes. Yeah. Yes, did you meet him before that, like as a kid no. or anything? No, okay, okay, no. yeah, a pretty cool guy. Did you guys, interact? yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Taz introduced me to him and he seemed like very respectful, like he was honored to meet me. Like, I felt like he obviously watched me growing up or whatever, and um, so I felt you the love, get
1: that too. He oh, might felt the to love. love, yeah, you might get, that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's gonna be this logo right, right here. This one of a one of a. Kind. Oh, there we go.
1: Yeah, if you guys get that, you gotta show us that. <laughs>
2: one of a kind. Hey, a kind. hey.
1: I can't one point right. It's right over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, maybe one of the earlier matches you had with him happened to be uh, July seventeenth, nineteen ninety-seven. With Hook?
0: I never worked with Hook.
1: Oh no, <laughs> with Tommy Dreamer.
0: <laughs> oh. 97 November. Remember?
1: Uh, well, no, uh, July nineteenth, nineteen ninety-seven at Heat Wave. You were in a Malta. You were in a three-person tag. It was you, Sabu, and Jerry Lawler versus Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, and Rick Rude, which ended in a no contest. Do you remember working with Rick Rude at all? Does that does that ring a bell at all with you, or anything kind of charge up with that?
0: Oh, Who well, Tell me who's in the match again.
1: Yes. So uh, this was around the time I, I would imagine that like the WWE. Me and process.
0: Sabu and Lawler against Dreamer, Root. Dreamer,
1: Sandman. Dreamer, Sandman, Sandman, and Rick Root.
0: Steel Cage, right, or no?
1: I'm no? not sure about the Steel Cage or not. The, I got this from online world of wrestling in this um,
0: Yeah, but I bet I don't know. I feel like I probably already worked with Dreamer a bunch by then, probably, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and I don't remember this match necessarily. No, Lawler wasn't at the cage match one. Okay. I remember, and it must have been a week before, a week after. I mean, on the on the program, because it sounds like it would have been tied into this. But I remember one time having the steel cage, and uh, this was early because Sandman. I hadn't worked with him before because Sandman, oh. Sandman, and Dreamer both are like crucified. Like they got their. Um, They're they're handcuffed to the fucking cage. okay, yeah. Like this, opposite sides. And uh, me and uh, Sabu and and Fonzie run in there. I think Rick Root opened the cage door for us or something. But we... (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) If that makes sense. I I used to think I'm going to die by choking on my own spit, but I forget to swallow sometimes. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: But I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, and that's and 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 by the way, somebody had a, left a comment, um, something about that they appreciated me and just wanted to tell me like while I was still around because people don't uh, don't give the people the, the love sometimes they deserve until after they die, and, and that's cool and I appreciate it. But what a lot of people don't realize is I'm gonna outlive everybody. So even if you really think that someday you're gonna be putting me down and be sad about it, don't even worry about that. Put that out of your mind.
1: Yeah, get, get rid of that.
0: Yeah. yeah um, that. <laughs> so uh, we're going to run into the middle of the ring and set uh, ch- ch- set two chairs up back to back. And then we're going to both run, me and Sabu. And we're going to jump off of the chairs. And Sabu's going to hit Dreamer with something. Fonzie's going to hold a chair over Sandman's face while his wrists are handcuffed to the cage. Mm-hmm. All right? Okay. Bam. I'm running, jumping off of the chair that's like in the middle of the fucking ring, delivering a flying one-legged sidekick. And and we're talking about this earlier. Sandman says, lay it in there. Okay. (laughs) He never said that again to me, ever. (laughs) Ever. The very first time I ever kicked Sandman was the last time. He ever put in such a silly request? Lay it in there. But I remember that, and I don't remember the exact tag match. I thought that might be it, but it wouldn't make sense that Lawler was there. But I don't see how Lawler and Rude could have been there. No, did you? You did say Lawler and Rude. I don't see how they could have been there at the same time.
1: Yeah, this must have been like uh, I think. So initially, started. I was looking at Milter's new newsletter th- during that time too, and it said it had a question mark at who's the third. Partner was, and apparently Rick Rude was the surprise in it. Maybe not, yeah, uh, from what I was too. gathering. So, yeah. well, did, well, what was your? Did, how much interaction did you have, Rick, Rick Rude? Anything that really sticks out to you, or anything like that?
0: Um, I remember smoking a joint with them, yeah, um, yeah, outside the um, the Philly arena, and and I was um, marking out inside a little yeah. bit. I was a big fan of Rick Rudes and I was just thinking, man, this is so fucking cool, you know, smoking with him. I'm trying to to think if I can remember what what we were talking about, Um, but I don't. I don't right now. I just remember he was really cool uh, and really respectful and I just, thought that was super cool. I, I really wasn't around him much at all. Maybe two yeah. times. I feel like maybe two times.
1: Uh, honestly, like, too, if I wasn't looking, I wouldn't have even realized that you guys were, like, interacting in the ring with one another, so it's pretty neat to kind of find out. Uh, but, yeah, I hear a lot of good things about Rick Gruden, like, kind of just one of the boys, basically, and you know, I know Kevin Nash is a big fan of him, too, and all that stuff, so. supposedly um, a badass, too. You Right? Yeah, you hear that a lot. <laughs>
0: As a fan, you know that was our first look at Abs. Right? Yeah. Abs were shit. Mm -hmm. That was was, that. He
1: was. He was like, yeah. He was like very much
0: the first one. And there's a very, very good chance, maybe 100% chance that me having my shit airbrushed was inspired by him doing that with his pants. He had Cheryl Roberts painted on his uh, pants to insult Jake jake that one time and um that's always been in my mind so you know that's 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 what i wanted to do
1: how about that so inspired by rick root huh geez
0: sure sure maybe not just him but um
1: definitely kind of helped
0: but then maybe anyway
1: yeah Yeah, got the gears turning a little bit yeah um so at this time it's kind of i kind of wanted to tie this in a little bit too uh Melter at the time, apparently, this uh, Rodman, Dennis Rodman, had his uh, match at Bash at the Beach at the same time here. Uh, He tagged with Hulk Hogan against Lex Luger and the Giant. And Melter writes, so now Dennis Rodman is a bona fide pro wrestler, and the scary part is he wasn't all that bad. At At the time, he was 36 years old. He said he was not only not an embarrassment in the ring, but actually showed far more aptitude and more trained pro wrestlers with months of training in their first match. His offense was limited, looked decent, his athletic ability, which was world class, was able to translate better into wrestling than expected. Was naturally strong. Yeah, so it had some well timed leapfrog spots. Um yeah, what did you kind of was that on your radar at the time, or were you guys just like focused on ECW a lot? Or did, did that kind of hit you over like, oh, Dennis Robbins kind of like wow, that's kind of wild.
0: Um It wasn't. It wasn't. I associate it right now with Jay Leno being a wrestler.
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Maybe Vince Russo writing a bunch of silly stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if, if he's the guy that really gets the credit for that. David Arquette being champion. I associate it. With that, it seems like in my mind that that was happening at the same time period. It was kind of embarrassing, like a black eye for for my personal feelings on on, on the business. You know, nothing against Dennis, and I know okay. he's furious about it and shit, but um, then there's another basketball player or another football player, and I don't know who these guys are, but same gimmick. And so... I kind of felt like, you know, credibility-wise, that um, that the business was losing steam.
1: Some of it's like, you know, what you're talking about, like the old school mentality of it, like it's kind of like, kind of putting a light on it a little bit more.
0: Well, I still feel like that every time. Uh, I still feel like that, you know? And I, I mean, I, I know Bad Bunny is super popular. People love him, biggest star. And I really haven't seen uh, much I think I saw him do one jump, which is really cool. and maybe he's a full-on great wrestler. I don't know, but but my 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 thoughts instinctively, whenever I hear about something like that, is like um, you know that it that it uh, makes the what we do seem a lot easier than what it really is. Oh,
1: yeah. And yeah, I can, I can understand that for sure too, because it's just like, Hey, if just some Josh Schmo lover, you can come in here and kind of do what we're doing. What does that speak of it? You know, in a certain ways, um,
0: Jackass kids can come in and have a match or, right. you know, whatever. Yeah. I've, I've always felt like that. Now with the experience that I have, I understand business is business and I understand numbers and, you know, Katie told me um, she had to tell me cause I'm, not that musically inclined but that how big of a star bad bunny is and it's like well i mean i get that why they would want to include him and stuff you know but but it but still um the chic inside of me grumbles at it
1: what the fuck yeah
0: that's the idea you know just like just like every time you know it doesn't matter who you know jeremy Piven comes in and does a cross body off the top rope yay I want to do that. <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: I had that plan for my match, and fucking Jeremy Piven did it,
0: <laughs>
1: and he called SummerSlam SummerFest.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've just always felt like that. It, it doesn't bother me as much as it used to, and now I'm a way bigger fan of uh, of the whole female female in general, <laughs> whether they're whether it's the female wrestlers or whether it's uh, uh, guest stars or. Or or whatever. I mean, I was pissed at the Miller Lite girls bumping me and Kane's match off of WrestleMania, which is the way that I remember it, and yeah. getting bumped, and getting bumped down to, to heat. And um, it, but you know now it's, you know now I don't get upset at anything, but also um, I wasn't allowed to be as big of a fan of uh, of the female back then. I was suppressed by my evil ex because uh right yeah. Uh, yeah it was a very uncomfortable situation anytime a subject came up of another girl you know you could just be like um uh i could just be like oh uh you know yeah that girl's nice oh really you want to fuck her you know i was like whoa hey, hey,
2: don't saying. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jeez. So but but anyway um it, and not even just females, but in general, you know, like I, I, I get it now. If it, but, you know, it, it's because the business has changed that much. I get it now. But back then it wasn't cool. You know what I mean? Just like when they started making um, that, um, we just talked about it, the the documentary. Um, on, Beyond the Mat? Yeah. Yeah. Beyond the Mat. That was still a closed door society.
2: Right. And what he was
0: doing, what he was doing was not cool by us. And I happen to know that that guy was sabotaged a lot when he was on our property. He'd have his camera laying around and a bunch of the like VHS tapes and stuff. And I happen to know some of the boys would go and, you know, on a mission and take those tapes and like hide them in the walls. There was like holes in the walls where um, and lost forever who knows what kind of work he put into that stuff you know but it was like we didn't want him there we did not he's like oh we're gonna tape you getting ready uh, for your match all day is that cool like fuck no 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 it's not you want to get me you want to get me stretching okay you know hit me then uh but leave me alone and let me just stretch but until then fuck no yeah it was it was very much like that anyway so um I got sidetracked, but, you know, that's that, that's that's where I came from. So when they had – I mean, even though it's always been like, you know, Cyndi Lauper and, and, you know, whatever, it's always been an aspect of it, but it's been one that was choked down for by me because of the way that I was trained. And now I look at it because the business has changed so much. I try to look at like a big show like that, more like a Las Vegas show, like from beginning to end. You know, the way they have everything set up and with the lights and the music, the pyro, all, everything is, is, is like a like A AA show. So I can see where they can be part of it and add a lot to it. When you're on the road and you're a competitor and that's just another day for you, day 25 out of the month, it might not feel like just a show, you know? Right. No. So it's hard no. to get out of that perspective, too, to look at it that way. But that's that conversation of the... Uh, the meat peddlers you know versus the meat
1: right right (laughs) now rob you kind of mentioned i this might have been on the hidden episode that we have you kind of mentioned too um casino yeah the casino episode where uh i think we did talk about bad bunny and i think you talked about mike tyson so when somebody like a mike tyson or muhammad ali kind of gets involved is that a little bit more digestible for you as a wrestler with the old school mindset
0: it is it totally is, yeah, man, mm-hmm. baddest man on the planet, Mike Tyson, bring right. him in yeah yeah, that that, makes- to me that to me, that makes uh, a lot more sense than an actor that's not even known for right. being a tough guy, you know mm-hmm.
1: all that considered too, you and Logan Paul would tear it up. <laughs> I know you mentioned that on Denise's interview, and I was like, yeah. I was like, you guys would fuck that, that would be a good one. But when he comes
0: in, he must. Uh, well, who knows? But you know, I'm I, um, I just thinking like when you, when you only have one match every couple months, then then every time you come in, it's like a warm up match. You know what I mean? Because you gotta, like, if you're wrestling for a little bit, then you get more in sync after a couple nights and shit. You get into the groove and your body's, you know, you know, uh, condition and everything and stuff. And he he just does one every once in a while, right?
1: Yeah, it's only like every like few months or big shows that happen. Like I know he did what? one in Saudi Arabia, SummerSlam, WrestleMania. So like your big kind of WWE's big tentpole money making shows. That-
0: but perhaps in a, perhaps he's in a school training and, and stuff like that because um, he's I still learning. He
1: I think he was training with Shane Helms a lot. Was his, cool. Who he was working with and stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I got a lot more to talk about with Dreamer. But I think what I'm going to do is transition to the random match because it, it kind of makes sense. We'll th- I'll, I'll put a pin on Dreamer, and we'll talk about him next week on next week's episode a little bit more. Okay. Um, but so the match that we have is actually your match with Dory Funk uh, this week. And uh, I have the whole match here. So we can watch it back. I think uh, we won't get flagged or nothing like that because it's from Dory's YouTube. So uh, it's pretty cool. I did not – I've never watched the match before until yesterday, and so what I was you saying. Put it
0: out. You're gonna. We're gonna watch it now.
1: Yeah, we're gonna watch it now. You, you up for it. Sure. All right. Cool. This so. is what year? This is ni- uh, 1997, September 11th, in Amarillo, Texas.
0: So I'm 26.
1: Oh. Yep.
0: Wow. Yeah. Just graduated high school in '89. Holy crap! What a baby.
1: Man, that wow, that is crazy. So yeah, gee, you wow. That's crazy. What a
0: baby I was. Seven years after
1: graduating high
0: school. Wow. Holy smokes.
1: What, have you gone back and watched this match before?
0: I, I feel like I have years ago after it happened. I think mm-hmm. I watched it, um, you know, like that that year.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Rob, I uh, watched it. I was telling Marcus, my brother, and I was telling my other buddy, Jeff. I was like, dude, it's fucking great because there's two different styles uh, from – Guys of two completely different generations of it all. And I it can't worked.
0: believe I did the fucking helo on him. I mean, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the rope with my heavy ass. That's what it
1: was. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I eyes bugged out when I told him. I was like, Rob fucking gave him the Vendimator in the match. <laughs> did I? Oh,
0: shit.
1: You did. Didn't you gave him the v- <laughs> So we'll watch uh, it. I uh, have it queued up to when the match starts because Pantera Dory, plays.
0: Dory respected that, though, that I didn't take it easy on him and just – Treated him like everyone else because that's what he
1: wants. Well, let me say this before the, I start the match. So I was reading Meltzer. I want you to like uh, give your perspective on it because Meltzer says that he reports that you complained backstage to doing the job. To oh, that's what he says.
0: I can't imagine. I don't. I, I don't recall. You know, mm-hmm. but that doesn't sound like me. And, I uh, wasn't.
1: Th- I was like, what are we like? Because. Uh, when Meltzer read it, he wrote it like, can you believe this or not? But Rob, the root, he said you sold well for him. But then he was like, can you believe this? He didn't want to do the job doing it or something. Complained about doing the job.
0: Uh, yeah, I really don't remember. But, you know, when shit like that gets reported, sometimes people um, – any complaints, you know what I mean? Whether it's whatever, a lot of people don't take into consideration they might have been promised something else. Then they have a the legitimate beef, you know what I mean? Go like ahead. if you're told one thing and then when you're there they're telling you something else, then of course you're going to be like, "Hey, what the fuck?" But only that part gets out there, like, "Oh, he's complaining that our three-star hotel room wasn't enough for him." Well, that's because you promised a five-star hotel room. I'm just saying, right. that. for instance, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but you know, I, I don't remember though. That's right. Okay.
1: It, it seems I, like
0: the right I, thing to do is put Dory over it. Terrific, yeah,
1: yeah, very yeah. Mature. And it was a cool finish, too. I liked it. We'll watch it right now. Uh, and also, I have the volume down here. But, low uh MVP of this was Bill Alfonso. We were talking about how obnoxious he is, like, with the whistle. Dude, fucking next-level shit up here on this, on this night. I,
0: I feel like maybe I've already done the Raw Invasion, because uh, I think that's that outfit,
1: right? Yeah, you're wearing the WF gear and all that stuff on and I tell you what, the crowd was very much on Dory's side, but, and you were getting all the heat here. Oh. <laughs> you were getting all the heat. So. Oh, I didn't even have the three pumps yet. No, you were just doing the quick ones real quick. I did four. Yeah. You weren't doing the Linda McMahon. You weren't doing the Linda McMahon, Looking
0: confident.
1: Looking ready to roll, man. Oh,
0: well, no, you know what? My mm-hmm. shoulders look stiff. I'm Jack. I shoulders look stiff on
1: Jack. Can't move. I <laughs> can't move. So fragile, Rob. Look at you. <laughs> fragile, tongue is fixed. Fragile, so fragile. <laughs> Do you remember the atmosphere of this crowd at the time? Like, was this like, damn? Because, I mean, coming from here to like doing it, uh, like at the ECW Arena and this comparison, it's like, I think it was 3,800, it was the house. Here, so.
0: I don't remember. Actually, you know like, specifically what it felt like. Yeah. Fun fact, though, I was half my age that I am now.
1: How about that?
0: Simple math, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Simple math. I so when this started when this headlock started off too, I was like, dude, Rob's already selling really good because you're like, oh, struggling and like out of surprise. It's like, all right, this is gonna be. Dude, good that's, right. that's
0: what people don't understand nowadays. I was telling you, I could help a lot of people, but. I don't feel obligated to do it on a public format, but there's so much that guys are missing nowadays with, uh, you know, they, they, they stop working when you need to keep going, keep going all the time. They right,
1: stop right. working ever. Never stop. Never stop. This was great, too, because, like, Dory surprised the hell out of me with the LeapFrog stuff and all that whole sequence there. I was like, damn. I was like, did not expect that to happen. So.
0: Oh, no, Fonzie throws.
1: Fonzie throws. throws. So somebody said in the YouTube comments on this on this video in particular that you said he's gotta be a hundred. You said that about Dory, I guess. It's so <laughs> on here, so it's good heat going. Good heat.
0: <laughs> Whoa. Wait a second now. Wait, no, I'll get back to
1: you. I gotta look something up here. Mm-hmm. Dory's
0: going to give Chase here. Whoa. Mm-hmm. You, ready? you ready for this?
1: I'm ready. Should I pause it here? No. Okay. All
0: right. Either way. All right. According to my calculations, Dory in this match right now, is approximately four years older than I am right now. No, shit. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. isn't
1: shit. that crazy, dude? That's fucking nuts.
0: Dory was 100 when he was in his 50s, you, <laughs> <looking 100>. <laughs> yeah, damn, damn. All right,
1: let's put it back different away. lifestyles, I guess, absolutely, <laughs> different that's times, crazy. too. Different times, yeah, back on the oh, there you go.
0: He's 82 now, so 26 years ago he would, have been, uh, he would have been 26
1: 82 do the math. So he would have been what? 50 No. 82 years old. 82 so, years old.
0: Yep. So 26 years ago because 26. I said that yeah, I said I was so half my age there, so I just did 26.
1: So was he like 50? 22.
0: 56. I don't know exactly when his birthday is. Yeah, yeah. 56. He could have been, let's see, he's, okay, he's born in February. So maybe
1: this was September. Maybe
0: 57.
1: Okay. Wow. When did you first meet Dory, Rob? Is that what I'm going to look
0: like in three years? Holy shit. <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn!
2: Um, I did.
1: You see that he was doing the RVD. Dory was doing hey, the RVD. he's
2: mocking me. He's mocking you? He's doing the Son goose. Bitch.
0: He's doing the goose. <laughs> Get up! Get up, RVD! What's up for that uppercut? Bam! Yeah. Oh, I got you. <laughs>
1: Did you first meet him in Japan, Robert? Yeah, that's what
0: I was. Sorry, I was trying to answer that question. And, uh 93 in February was my first trip in all uh, Japan. And I probably met him on that first trip. I don't remember exactly meeting him.
2: Boom.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
2: Oh, man. And that was
0: all floor. That I mean, my heel might have bumped him, but uh, what the hell? That was yeah, when I
1: saw that too, I was like, Oh my god, that did not have to feel good.
0: He it because my heel bumped his ankle and uh, my- <laughs> something. I don't know. Wow. Um that was nutty. No wonder everyone said I wouldn't last, you know. <laughs> Everyone's like, You're gonna be done wrestling when you're forty. Um so
1: Japan you better. Bart-
0: yeah, Lord Blair's was the agent that booked me the first time in uh, February of '93. He lived in Hawaii and he middlemaned the booking with Giant Baba, and then I think it was the very next. Uh, it was it was like a year later. Dory took over that that position. Dory mm-hmm. called me and said, "Hey, uh, shitty punches," and Dory said. Um, they want you to come back, uh, you know, when when you're when you're ready or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it was like, well, they, they, you know, you really got over there. They'd like to use you again. And I was like, okay, cool. When's the next really short tour? And so my first three years, I only did the February tour because it was 15 days, mm-hmm. and I did. And it was hard for me to be over there on a bus, going, you know, eating eating at truck stops. I didn't even eat seafood, and just the whole thing was. It was hard for me. I was so young. It was really hard to be on the road and in another country, and I would lose 10, 15 pounds, you know, in that 15 days.
1: Yeah. You're only like, what, 22 or 23 at the time for that?
0: Yep. 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 22. Just turned 22. Just turned 22 two months ago. So I'm a baby. I'm a baby. I I, I was hanging on the boys' uh, coattails at the airport because I had no idea how to, how to even get to a gate, how to follow the signs at the wow, airport. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, no, that's gotta I, be overwhelming. <laughs> yeah.
0: But so, anyway, Dory uh, booked me all, every time after that. He was the guy that would, uh, and then Johnny Ace eventually, too. Dory or Johnny both were either one of them could book you for a trip. I don't know why one or the other would do it, but that's how I, how I got to know Dory. And then I uh, um, got along with him right away. I remember him teaching us uh, how to. How to order food at a Chinese restaurant there in uh, Tokyo where we would stay. Yeah. And, um, to me a few things, you know, how to, one thing I remember him saying, um, cause I remember one time I was like, really like hung over. Cause they made me party the night before they made me, but they yeah, would were yeah. young, you know what I mean? They put the pressure on you. Yeah. They pure
2: pressure
0: they put you you. It. It, 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 it. Anyway. Um, I remember telling Dory, like, oh, my God, I feel so sick. I can't believe. It. And Dory, this was in the daytime at the arena. And Dory said, yeah, he goes, I, I, you know, I've, I've found that usually no matter how you're feeling, usually by the time it comes down to get ready for your match, you can usually get through it. <laughs> and that always stuck with me. And I'm like, that motherfucker is right, you know?
2: Yeah. he's right. Awesome.
0: Like, I, I remember one match where I just felt like I barely made it through it. I felt like I was going to throw up like the whole match. But for the most part, he's right though. Like I, all day, it can be like, "Oh my God, how am I going to do this?" Holy fuck! Then when it comes time to be out there, boom! Yeah. Fucking turn it on. Okay, so yeah, but this just <laughs> fan-daminated him. Yeah, we'll go, we're
1: going to go back through that one. Oh shit, Dory! Oh there man, there <laughs> it's good shit. So he Dude, got the he got the, is this the old, Indian deathlock. Is that what it's called? The Indian deathlock is that this one. Uh, I can't remember. I don't know. Called.
0: I think. I think it was just a drop toe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Not a.
1: That's his like submission spinning category.
0: spinning toe. I think spinning toe. To
1: That's you're right. That's what it is. All right, here it is. Like, hey, oh, Good
0: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit!
1: <laughs> I was so shocked when I saw that at first. I laughed. I was like, "Damn!" I was watching at Starbucks.
0: <laughs> so. It 57-year-old Dory Funk Jr. We're taking a Van Daminator.
1: Van Daminator, like, man.
0: That's what happens now that I'm 52. Everything is uh, 52-year-old RVD when it's recorded. (laughs) It's amazing that I'm still
1: walking. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Monday Night. uh, Fonzie's, Fonzie's putting you over. Oh, shit.
0: Did I just throw it at him? You just threw it at him. Shit. Bob Ortiz, that ring announcer. Oh, okay. Broke his, broke his nose. Did you really? Yeah. This is the match with Doug Furness. Boom! Kicks oh. out. I really can't get that high anywhere. <laughs> I saw one match. <laughs>
1: Now, how did this match come about exactly, Rob?
0: What- Ooh. I don't know. I mean, I was in contact with Dory. I've worked Dory in Japan. You know, they probably just asked me to do it. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, baby. What
1: was up there? Oh, there, nice. pin. pin Got it.
0: Hey, have some respect. That man's a legend.
1: And that man's yeah. What are you doing, Rob? <laughs>
0: Normally, uh, when I do pin someone, I usually like hold their shoulder down. You know, yeah. sometimes I hook the leg. Otherwise, I, I I put all my weight on their on their shoulder to hold it down. And sometimes that gets some uh, some pushback from fans. They think that's disrespectful because I don't hook the leg. And <laughs> apparently, they know more than I do. Well, you
1: gotta aim for the shoulder because that's what that's what you gotta get up is the shoulder.
0: That's what Sabu taught me. Yeah. Whoa. There. Wait, did I miss the truck's splash? Or did I get it? No,
1: you hit it. You hit it. Oh. But the, I think the arrogant pin is what didn't keep him down.
0: Oh. Yeah. I guess it wasn't my finish back then, too.
1: That's what I was wondering. Okay, spin and toe hold again. Up. Two. No. I think that was three. Vaughn, mm-hmm. do you think so?
2: Yeah.
0: All right, that proves it, because he used to be a referee, so.
1: <laughs> he knows.
0: Yep. Inside, inside.
1: Oh. What in the hell? What? No. For leverage. I wonder. Oh. Oh. oh my goodness. Folks, are right? things. Rob got dropped on his head there. <laughs> he Going to back.
0: I love Dory. I, I I need to call him. I used to see him every time I would go to Florida, but last couple Here's the finish.
1: Trips,
0: oh well, what was that crazy pinning? Like the-
1: cradle hold. I don't think that nice. really gets pulled out of here.
0: No, I'm gonna re I'm gonna use that if I can. Dory figure fully- out.
1: Yeah, Dory pulled that out of the bag of tricks. Oh, there.
0: I'm up up quick.
1: You're not nothing, happy.
0: Nothing to sell here.
1: Right. Crowd's going nuts here.
0: I'm going nuts.
1: You're going nuts. Fonzie's pissed. You,
0: you better know. get out of here. You better take your win and get out of here. You know what's good for you.
1: <laughs> you know what's going down.
0: <laughs>
1: so there it was, Rob.
2: That he was a great
1: I loved it. Cool. It, uh, what, um, Thank you, Dory. Yeah, that's great. Right. Wow, so, how often so. do you keep in touch with Dory then? you.
0: Um. I don't know i mean i used to keep in touch with him a lot more often so i talked to him maybe like three months ago and it probably been like a while maybe a year before that just sometimes i talk to his wife instead of him just sometimes you know she answers and and uh and and has all the info dory has anyway maybe slash she'll put him on for a minute you know just say hi
1: She'll so do a lot of the catching up or whatever. Yeah. You guys listen to Wayne Newton together and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You remember that?
1: Yep. <laughs> nice.
0: Somewhere somewhere that picture exists of me and I Dory. We gotta
1: find it. We gotta find it. Wayne Wayne Newton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you what did you learn from Dory? Did anything really stand out to you in regards to what maybe you kind of garnered from him? Well, you've kind of mentioned it already, like just hey, you can power through when you party down a little bit.
0: I met him a couple of times. Yeah. Regardless, even if it's not partying, you know, if you're just feeling sick, and uh, whatever he said, you know, by the time it's time to get out there, he said I found you know that you can you can get yourself you know you can get yourself there where you can uh, go ahead and get through it and and uh, you know he he was I think he reiterated that half the job is just showing up. You know, if you can show up somewhere. Because there's so much travel, then you have half the job done anyway. So, um, I also learned, um, you know, when I first when I first started wrestling for All Japan. You know, I, I know I. This is worth mentioning again, but I got trained by the original Sheik, and we didn't get trained at all how to take care of each other, how to fall right, how to do any move and not hurt each other. There was none of that. It was just about grabbing each other being as rough as we could, the rougher, the better for him. Um, Anyway, when I started wrestling for Baba in All Japan, uh, Dory pointed out that I wasn't taking body slams the right way.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if my – I don't know what it was that I was doing. I don't know if he wanted my my feet were maybe – I don't know. I really can't remember if my feet – Something about the timing of my feet hitting, and uh, and 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 I think he was saying if my feet hit when my back hit, if I can do that at the same time, it helps distribute the pressure yeah. throughout your whole body, and you won't get hurt. Is bad? And the way that I was doing it, I guess my tailbone was hitting, and then my feet. And he was saying I was going to wear my 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 back out that way. And and, and what I remember mostly about that conversation. Was the logic uh, for uh, for exercising this tactic?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He said. He said, "Don't worry about it. Just think about it. Work towards it. You'll get it." And we were working every night anyway, so it was just so if someone had me up and I was going to get slammed, I would think about you know, let's see what did you say, and, and and that's a great way to approach something instead of worrying about getting in there and doing it a hundred times, sometimes you just got to think about it and work towards it and you'll get it. And that's, that's something that sometimes is very true. And I learned that from Dory.
1: How about that? So like anytime, like say if you need to d- develop something or work on something, it's just like, as long as you're kind of cognizant of it and you kind of adjust your body in a certain way, you'll get there eventually instead of, it just, you, you, you know, you know what, doing.
0: I, you know what, Dom, I use that on RVDology every time. I always say, Just awareness is key. Like if you're aware of this value that I'm talking about right now, then you'll just work towards it. You know, you'll notice when you're doing it, you'll notice when you're not doing it. Eventually you'll be able to apply it more and more if you want to. And then it'll become, you know, one of one of your values that's behind every thought or action that you do. And I've, you know, I've been saying that all the time and I learned it from Doria. How
1: about that? How about that? That's pretty cool. That is very cool. I know, it's neat it's neat to to see that match take place and then on top of it the kind of friendship and bond that you, t- you guys have it's just like legacy carrying on and people are learning from you guys like sammy callahan or sammy guevara and then you can translate all the way back to dory funk and all the way back to the chic it's just pretty cool to see
0: yeah no we've done we've spent a lot of time together you know what i mean uh when the evil x was around then uh sometimes it'd be the four of us and then um you know now uh, with with Katie, she loves the funks, and we've done like Thanksgiving dinner with them, and like uh, been to their house many times. Marty used to always uh, make food like uh, Japanese style, like tuna uh, salmon that you would or, or or salmon, and you would wrap it up with seaweed and rice. And we would she would like make this for us, and we were just over visiting and stuff. And there was uh, lots of good lots of good memories, and and you know I I definitely. Uh, need to check up uh check in on them I, I did just talk to them recently but um like i said i haven't seen them in a while That used to be whenever i'd go to florida i'd try and uh, make some time and they live not too far from uh my mom
1: oh how about that okay yeah cool. man it'd be cool to get him on here at some point if we were able to ever do that it'd be pretty neat
0: that would true true, true. True.
1: So true, cool. maybe, true maybe we can try to make that happen or
0: something
1: um all right. By well, the way,
0: hey, at my uh, at my um, Cauliflower Alley Club Hall of Fame induction last uh, year. Or no, yeah. I'm sorry, the year before, which is this week, by the way, coming
1: it up. It is this week, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Dory did the um, what do you call it, the nomination or whatever, the, the, the...
1: the induction part or the, the yeah.
0: He wasn't there, but he recorded it, gave a gave a speech, you know, and put me over a huge
1: that's awesome that's so cool oh
0: man like i was the best wrestler ever and all kinds of stuff like i was i was laughing it was a little too much but uh (laughs) a little too much yeah but it was awesome
1: (laughs) well so uh, speak about the cauliflower alley club and stuff like that a little bit Uh, how was that whole kind of experience and stuff you hear how much it helps a lot of the wrestlers and stuff like that and it's seems like a good way to for the wrestlers to reconnect to in a lot of ways
0: yeah it's 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 a networking thing for sure. and um, it kind of has a, a a feeling of not just nostalgia but of actually actual connection to to the deep roots. and that's because uh, a lot of it's been around so long, and a lot of the members are um, super old school you know guys from way back in the day. And uh, it used to be just this private little club for wrestlers. And then uh, they, at some point, let fans join. And it's, it's amazing because it's only like $100. I'm sorry, $25 a year for a membership. But they have so many uh, members that it, it it raises a substantial amount of money that they use to help wrestlers who are in need and need like some hospital bills taken care of or whatever there's a lot a huge list of wrestlers that that they have helped you know and before i even knew what it was about i liked the event i didn't even know i didn't even know that they were helping wrestlers out um when i joined i was just happy to to be there and be a part of it um, respect you know and um there's like a little bit of like there's a, I think they call it a nostalgia room. There's a little area where some of the wrestlers are there selling their. Pick. It's not like a huge convention or whatever. But there's different events, different speaks, spe- uh, speeches, different speakers throughout the uh, the the several days that the event is. And uh, and the, the biggest part of it is the uh, the awards night, which is a big uh, banquet dinner. Um, and it's it's cool because you always. We always, you know, we'll run into a lot of a lot of people that we, that we know there. Um, last year, I remember um, Ray Mysterio was getting inducted, and uh, Conan did his introductory speech. And um, and, and then there's the old timers that you never even heard of, you know, but you just know that um, they tell you about them, and then you know how you know their participation in uh, paving the way. So it's it's really cool for 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 several reasons. So. That's 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 coming up uh in, in just a few days. So I hope I don't forget.
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna try to go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. yeah no doubt about it, man. Yeah, I, I definitely have it on my list to join at some point here, I know. Uh and, and like to your point too, it's like what, twenty five dollars a year or something to uh Yeah, it's crazy. And it's I think sad. you can do a lifetime membership for like three hundred dollars if I'm not
0: I think you're right. Yeah, that's what I that's what I'm gonna do next time and just get that over with.
1: Yeah. You get a newsletter like
0: every month, and uh um you know when you're a member and, and they keep you up to date on on everything that's going on the um, re- members wrestlers uh that are associated with it, but it's been around forever. it's a really old school thing, and um like I said, it used to just be for the wrestlers, so it still has that that kind of appeal that connection where it feels yeah. like it's more where it's more about uh the, the heart of the industry and, and, and less about, I don't know, glamour, production, uh, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, all the pizzazz that potentially, yeah, could be something like this.
0: Yeah, right. it's more But if it was, if Cauliflower if, if Alley Club was a TV show, it would be black and white.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you fall on the honeymooners. <laughs> yeah, you fall on the honeymoon. Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely check it out if you guys have the opportunity. Uh, I know uh, Brian Blair's the, I think, the president. president,
0: yep. I love seeing Brian, too. Good yeah, guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, cool stuff, man. All right, uh, we'll do a couple Ask RVDs, and then we'll uh, close out. Do you have an RVDology this week, Rob?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll talk for a minute.
1: Okay, cool. All right, so let's do it. We'll do a couple uh, Ask RVDs. This one ties into uh, what we talked about here a little bit ago, actually. It was... Um, Tim Hayes here asked uh, your personal preference is only sativa indica or hybrid which smoke do you like why and if no one no one in specific which do you like for specific specific situations like calming down smoke I needed to think on this smoke or my favorite I'm a watching YouTube smoke thanks bud mm-hmm. is there any ones that you have preference for, Rob yeah
0: I uh, prefer a sativa dominant hybrid usually that's because I like to smoke while i'm functioning and um and, and for me it's not just something i do at nighttime before i go to bed having said that if you are looking for something that just calm down you want a, an indica once in a while um, as high as my tolerance is for thc sometimes i'll come across a strand that's just like such a high indica that it just makes me feel like sleepy and uh It's not usually something that I'm seeking. You know, I'm usually like, damn, this, you know, this weed's making me tired and uh, I'm trying to be productive. And instead I feel like taking a nap, you know, and it's usually something I fight. So I'm like loading up with caffeine, uh, but I'm aware of that. So, But if that is what you're looking for, then then calming down, I would say definitely uh, just get like a really strong indica. And I prefer mostly... Um, Sativa-dominant hybrids.
1: Okay. And that kind of elevates you a little bit and kind of makes you, like, feel ready to go.
0: It can, -hmm. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll have to keep that in mind, too. Uh, Another thing, uh, kind of health-wise, BBDC. It's me, VBDC. says, can you tell me specifically what kind of stem cell treatment you received that gave you such relief? Thanks, RVD. You're the best. Love you and love the new pod. Did you get okay. your stem
0: cells? I did stem cells, I believe it was 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it also might have been 2020, but it was definitely like within that window from uh, um, 2019 to uh, 2020. And I went to South America, to Medellin. I went to this place that plenty of my peers had been to, and everybody was reporting these miraculous results, surgery-like improvements on torn ligaments and such. So I went down there and I got uh, a lot of stem cells. I'm trying to think of what to tell you for the, the kind that it was. You know, these came from, as we were told, the, um, the 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 tube, mm-hmm. uh, what's the tube called that uh, between the mom and the baby? You know the. Uh,
1: oh, uh, the floating tube. What
0: I uh, right, Anyway, um, <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, so so we were told that, that that's where where it comes from. A lot of people are uh, have,
1: yeah,
0: a lot of people have misunderstandings and think. That fetuses are like sacrificed for their stem yeah. cells. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's right. And it's it's either the placenta or it's the uh, um, the tube that I that you got to cut. Um, and I can't remember what that's called, but anyway, that that's where the stem cells came from. And uh, I got them all over. I got hair rejuvenation, facial rejuvenation, and I got both shoulders done. I got both wrists um, had. Uh, Stem cell shot into them, my entire spine between every one of my vertebrae, another shot in the back to go up to my brain. And uh, I think that that's everything that I had. And and, uh, they said that it was 221 million stem cells and that it was the most that they'd put into any of the boys yet. Um, But I talked to John Morrison and I think he said they told him the same thing and, and maybe he did more, I don't know, after me. But um, I can't say that I got the results that I was looking for. I got, right. l- I got a little bit better in, in one area that I know of. My right hand has always fallen asleep since this particular Kurt Angle suplex that I took on my face. And I, it temporarily paralyzed half of my body. And I couldn't, I couldn't move my whole right side for a few seconds, then it slowly came back to me. And ever since then, my right hand has just fallen asleep all the time. I've been tested for nerve damage. They said that they don't find any. I've been told it's just carpal tunnel. Kind of funny about coincidences though. That got a little bit better. Like uh, instead of waking up and it was like, uh, like someone was sitting on it. Instead of that, um, it, it, it would be like, maybe half of that or whatever and now it's 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 way way less than it used to be besides that i didn't get any noticeable results within the time frame that they told me that the stem cells would still be in operation they said six months is and then they said up to 12 months some people can still get benefits from having those stem cells but after that that's pretty much what you're gonna get so i was told mm-hmm. uh, I, during that amount of time, unfortunately, didn't have results that I could point to. That's why I never went and bragged or really promoted my personal usage of the stem cells because I I believe in them, stem cells. And I've been recently given a possible reason maybe why the stem cells might not have been active in my body, and I was told maybe uh, I had too much metal in my blood, and that I should do this um, drawing out of of metal toxins, and then try it again. And then that got stuck going nowhere when the local doctor, who likes to have a lot of people so he can name drop on his uh, on his list, it doesn't get any. Didn't get anything done. last last, Months and months and months ago, he ordered the test kit for the metals or whatever. And and that just dropped. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it was. But for whatever reason, I couldn't point to anything and say that the stem cells, like, really gave me great results. So I didn't. But I still think everyone else should try it. And, um, you know, I started feeling better. My back started feeling better, like maybe like three years after. So I don't, I don't think I can logically put it on the stem cells, at least not, not from the information um, that that I have.
1: Yeah. I, I know uh, Kevin Nash went down there just a couple months ago and got his stuff done like shoulders, I think, and his neck was his big issue. Um, He said it helped a little bit with the neck, but he said it's still going to maybe take him a little time, but he's felt the effects on other parts of it too and i know he's been down there a few times from what i what i gather
0: i think he was one of the guys uh that i looked at his reviews before i went you know him yeah. and Ryback, uh and uh i remember Ryback saying he felt like he had shoulder surgery he said he couldn't move before and he felt great and i'm like dude hey shut up and take my money and they did <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Speaking the of that. Person, the only other person I talked to who didn't get great results was Lou Ferrigno. Really, the Hulk? Yeah, and, and that was like right before I went was going to get them. I was talking to him, and I said, "Well, you know, did it work for you?" And he said, "It helped a little." Mm-hmm. I said, "What?" He said, "It helped a little." <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. And then I, I felt the exact same way. I said, man, I got the Hulk's results, man. It helped a little bit, you know, nothing remarkable. And unfortunately, I didn't get anywhere near uh, what I was hoping for. So uh, it wasn't just me. It was at least me and Lou.
1: Might have been the gamma radiation, the gamma rays. From the- right, yeah. Could have been a- I would try it
0: again. Um, maybe I would look at getting that medal. Taken out of my body, withdrawn. However, the hell you do that, uh, and I would give it another try, maybe because I mean the science is there, the numbers are there with the people, and like I said, it's a lot of my peers that I know that say like it's helped them personally. But I'm always a horrible guinea pig. I I don't know if I mentioned that before or not, but I'm always the person that gets um, like no results off any any party favor at the party except
1: Reed. You know, <laughs> that's it. That's it. And alcohol.
0: And alcohol. <laughs> I feel yeah. that, you know, but I mean, anything else, it's like, save it. You know, you're wasting your time. It's right. not for me. I get nothing.
1: No. Hey, well, people will get something, too, next week, a little something extra. Uh, if you can listen to this on Monday. Tomorrow, Rob is going to be on uh, Kevin Nash with Nash & Friends. Uh, Join in Sean Oliver and Kevin Nash. For uh, If you go to clickthistv.com, you can sign up and... Rob is a special guest. It's a good time, Rob. Uh, we have a fun on on Click This, so uh, it's gonna be cool to add you there too. They they always speak highly of you on that show, so
0: cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Looking yeah, man. It. It. So if you guys are interested, sign up at ClickThisTV.com, and uh, you can get that exclusive content. You can always get the Nash show early there too, uh, a weekend early. So check it out. It's pretty cool. Cool experience. You always get to engage with Kev, and Kev's a fun time. So. One thing I know
0: from watching this show, because I like watching the clips of it, um, I know if Kevin pauses, that doesn't mean he's done talking.
1: No, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs>
0: he do- he doesn't mind, you know, taking some take your time. Really long pauses. Nope. <laughs> You know, he doesn't mind doing that.
1: It's build the suspense, baby. It's build the suspense.
0: Yeah. When I'm watching it, I'm like, you know, like, can I sneak in I know yet? as
1: a host, too, a lot of the times when I'm, like, interviewing somebody, I'm like, do I speak now? Should I wait? What do I yeah. do? That's like my potential is going.
0: <laughs> Sean's, great, though. Sean's great at it. They're a good team.
1: I love yeah. the show. It's very Stern-esque. Howard Stern-esque. I always compare it to that. Know they like, you know, how they do stuff. So Cool. Cool. It'll be cool to have you on there, Rob. So,
0: yeah. So- is it? There's, that's live, I guess? So,
1: so it'll be live for the Click This members that sign up for oh. The Fans will actually get to interact and ask you questions and stuff like that. We'll put them on the screen there. And so it's like a pretty cool live Q&A thing that Kevin partakes in. We used to do watch-alongs with it, but we kind of found out more that it's much more fun to just bullshit instead of, like, watching something.
0: So I think so. we did both today. We bullshitted we through did. the
1: watch We did bullshit for the <laughs> Just fine. Hey, if you're listening on audio, hopefully it wasn't the wasn't too much dead air. So,
0: what a match I put Dory through,
1: dude. That was great. I'm. I, I was yeah. talking to Marcus about. It. I was like, dude, this match was so cool. <laughs> it's just like two different styles. So, guys, yeah. if you're just listening, go to rvdpod.com and seek out the match. We'll have it on there at some point. So, check it out. Rvdpod.com. Rob, it is time to wrap it up with some RVDology.
0: Room. All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna wing it, so this one probably won't be very long. But um, I was thinking, I, I want to do another RV theology on my on my YouTube, and so I have three or four subjects written down. But uh, I was ugh, I wasn't really prepared today, and I was just thinking, you know, like what do I think could maybe help people? Just something like really, really general. Hit one of my strongest basic values. And I'm just sharing the way I do it. When I approach life with these thoughts that I share, they're behind all of my thoughts and all of my actions. Like they're in my foundation. They're not something I have to remind myself of. But by talking about it, it's, it's nice to have it further um, integrated and and just, you know, hopefully I can uh, reach out to some people. You know, I want to talk about karma. And um, I'm a strong believer in, in karma. I believe what comes around goes around. I believe that there's a balance to everything. And I believe it from experience. I think as difficult as it is, a lot of times if we're hurt by somebody we really want to hurt them back it's not always a good thing to do obviously depending on what we're talking about you could get into trouble Um, also you're adding more negativity to the universe and what you don't know is that negativity stays attached to you you know, like I think I said last week, it's like you're in a dog cage and you're just shitting all around yourself. And now you're surrounded by just shit because what you put out into the universe, it, it does determine um, everything about your day, about your life. And and when I say everything, of course, there's exceptions. You have an agenda. You, Everyone has their own things going on that nobody else even knows about but we all have a vibration that's determined by our thoughts and when we're thinking bad thoughts guess what we're vibrating in a negative energy we just are even if we don't know it if we're thinking happy thoughts guess what positive vibration and what that positive vibration does as it is it, it reaches out further than your physical being okay in this sea of energy it does attract other other things that have a similar frequency other positivity and also it just makes you seen as and perceived as taken as a more positive uh, source of energy so people just looking at you you can give them energy instead of draining their energy you can uh, make them happy instead of uh, making them nervous or, or scared and you might say fuck them why do i care how, how they see me and if that's how you feel then then you know maybe this isn't for you because you're you're probably vibrating negative while you're thinking that right now um, and if you love your life and love everything in it I wouldn't listen to me either, but I do love my life, and I am so blessed, so gifted. I live a fantasy life. I spend all day telling my wife and hearing from her the exact same words: how grateful we are, how blessed we are. And um, it's it's honesty. It's not even you know. I remember reading The Secret, reading how you know practice every time you wake up saying uh, this several times a day. I feel happy. I feel healthy. I feel terrific. That was one of the spiritual exercises where you keep saying that over and over and over. And that's cool. But what I'm saying is when I talk about my life and how grateful and happy and blessed I am, it's not an exercise. It's just sharing. It's being honest. It's opening up and it's being real because uh, that's how happy uh, I am. That's how happy Katie is. And so that is our relationship is uh, talking and sharing that vibration and it's awesome and the thing about karma is that if you if you if you can trust it it'll take care of you it'll take care of you if you do good it'll take care of you if you do bad you know and um, other people it'll take care of them too i firmly believe whenever possible it's best if you can leave it up to karma instead of being vindictive you know there's people that, oh, I owe this motherfucker. He's he he called a complaint on my dog's barking, so I'm gonna key his car. So petty. That's just like so beneath where I think people should aim to be. Hurt me, I hurt you. It's natural, you know, so you might have to train yourself to think differently if you're if you're one of those people and if you want to change. You know, I mentioned last week this uh, and it's just relevant. I think I mentioned because we were laughing so hard, I had tears in my eyes. That um, I, I, I was telling my vindictive friend, we're talking yeah. about, yeah, my evil act, it up Mary and the handyman and all this. And he was like, "I, I would, I would leave uh, uh, bad complaints on a Yelp for that <laughs> guy's business." He's like, why? Well, who the hell? What would make you think to to do that? You know and You know, find some way to fuck him over. You know, he he actually said, and this is a quote, and he didn't make this up. You've heard it before. An eye for an eye. A tooth Mm -hmm. for a tooth. It's in the Bible, I guess. Right? Our ideology does not agree with that. Let karma take care of, of, of what it may. You know what? As happy as I am. How happy can my evil ex be with the plumber right now? Come on, man. I love karma. I trust karma. And really, everyone's got their own paths, you know? So your path crossed this person's path. Maybe it was for a while. Maybe it was for a short, hot minute. And things happen. You know what? Go on on your own path. Make the best of life that you can. And um, let them go on their path, too, and just trust that karma will take care of them if you if you if you can just feed positivity into the universe to manifest your life for the path that you want vengeance isn't part of that it's it's not and if an opportunity presents itself then that is the universe saying hey guess what you have the authority to decline this person's application or whatever boom enjoy it <laughs> you know it's something like that but uh overall dude uh karma has been very rewarding to me you know i feel uh i feel when i have something coming you know i feel like uh it, like i feel like i pay i hope that i paid my debts uh but you always gotta have balance you know so if everything's too good for too long then i expect like okay you know shit i hope it's not too bad but something's gotta happen i'm like Smiling every day, gleaming with hope and positivity, who's gonna die? It's gonna happen. It happens. Sometimes it happens. Um, my yin and yang was up on the wall when I was uh, alone one time. This was like when I was a bachelor living in Savannah, Georgia. This was even before my evil ex. I was in between, I was seeing this other girl and off and on, a bunch of drama. And uh, I was meditating in my in in my in my dojo, and I was looking at my poster head on the wall that was a yin and yang, and I was just staring at it for the longest time, and that thing explained itself to me. The yin and yang symbol. It started moving, and it was like each side was trying to overtake the other side. Mm-hmm. At the exact same time, so neither side was gaining any advantage or momentum on the other one. It was so equally balanced and there was the black side, there was the white side, and when it spun, it was like a, a current, like I'm looking at a round meadow or or a, a tub of water where the water is just continuously spinning, you know, around a center, fulcrum, access point. And, and, and as that was happening, I realized, like all these problems that I thought were stressing me out, uh, each one of them was each one of them was a rock thrown into that tub of water that kept the current from running smooth. It didn't stop the current, but the current had to go around it. It was an obstruction, and I labeled I, all the problems I could think of. And you know what? It wasn't that many. I'm I'm all overwhelmed. Like my world is crashing on me. I got maybe five things. Five things on my mind and i and i put them all, or i saw them mentally put them um in in the de, in the in the design in the shape and everything that was like really bad it went in the black that was like a like a like a filing cabinet you know if it's positive boom it goes in the white if it's negative it goes in the black now that it's there i'm aware i've accepted it now it's just a black thing now what i got to do is take that rock out and let the current flow through because it's obstructing my current. I think about one thing at a time, and I'm aware of it. I'm thinking, you know what? I gotta, I gotta call this person and get this thing straightened out. And then you know what? Boom! Once I do that, I take it out, and you know what? The current flows smooth then. Each time I pull a rock out, some are bigger, some are smaller, but they're all causing an obstruction and evasion of my chi, which would be that energy. And I saw it that way, and it, and it made so much sense to me that it was like really enlightening. And it, it was already a part of my life, but it became like a much bigger part of my life. And it also helped me deal with everything with a stoic perspective of, okay, my car broke down on the highway. That's bad. Am I going to freak out and scream and jump up and down and throw a tantrum? Or am I just going to store it in the black and say, boom? There's an issue I got to deal with. It's bad, and it really helped me to do that. You know, and and the yin and yang represents the balance of, of of karma and karmic energy. Um, quick story: I told this on my YouTube page, when uh, when I talked about karma. So if you saw that episode, you might be familiar with this. But uh, one day um, when I was in high school, um, it was winter time. And I drove uh, my car. I was driving then. Ooh, probably a senior. And um, in the. Hi, baby.
2: Hey,
0: baby. I love you. Hey. Hey. <laughs> that was oh, he so Oh, you look so awesome. Hey.
1: Yeah. Hey, what's up, Katie? little
0: outfit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Looks good. There you are, baby. <laughs> I'm ready for Friday. Oh, yeah. Get ready for that. Friday, Friday.
0: Friday. (laughs) I drove drove to school, and uh, and, and when I was in the parking lot, I noticed that there was a car that was rolling, and nobody was in the car. And our property had all three schools on the same property. There was elementary school, and then there was the uh, junior high school, and then, like, I don't know, a hundred yards down, I guess, or so was the high school. And it was a little bit of a slope down there. And the car was coming towards the slope by itself. And I figured it was gonna eventually hit another car or hit the school. And here I am, uh, a, a, a whole ass superhero. So what am I gonna do? I put my car in park and I went over and I stood in front of the car and and, and I you know, I stopped the the car uh while it was rolling, and then uh I stopped the momentum and uh at the bottom of the hill, it just stayed right there, didn't jump the curb and I forgot about it. I guess I told somebody, no idea who when i at the beginning of school or whatever um and then later on in by fourth hour, I think it was I had speech class. And uh, Dango and I were giving a presentation on wrestling. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a, she was so tired of wrestling, but this was the last one. And um, oh my gosh, Mrs. Rosa was such a bitch back then. And uh, <laughs> it had to be physical and a, and a partnership, some kind of thing. So we applied all the rules and we said, it's a, it was a demonstrative speech on the uh, guerrilla press. And so me and Dango were up there on stage and, uh, and there's a podium in front of us, and I'm talking to uh, the class about why the Gorilla Press is such a great finishing move. This is when Ultimate Warrior was doing it, and I was a big fan of his, by oh, the okay. way. Yeah. And, and so I was saying, you know, you can uh, end a match this way if you can get this in. Uh, great way to score the finish, you know, boom, boom, boom. And then I picked Dango up, and I Gorilla pressed him and held him over my head, and then he started talking. And then uh, and he goes, he's up there, and he goes, now Rob has several choices um, to choose from right now while he's got me up here. And he's like, he could drop me behind him. And he said he could uh, slam me in front of him um, on his back. And then he looked over, and he said, or he could drop me face first on the podium. And so like, I threw him on the podium. Boom, he hit the podium. It fell off the stage, <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it broke. And Mrs. Rosa was so pissed. She was so angry and and yelling at us about clowning around. And and it was just like a piece of the corner of the frame chipped off or something. It wasn't a big deal. and She was like, you will pay for that and you will not do any more speeches on wrestling. You are not going to be a professional wrestler. You guys are not going to make it. You need to start paying attention to other things. You will go down there right now to the shop class and ask Mr. Boyer how much to, to bill you and you will pay to get that fixed. I was like, all right, whatever, you know, and I went down. I didn't even know Mr. Boyer that well because I didn't have shop class, but I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. I knew where the shop class was. And I walked down there, um and I and I told him what happened, you know, and he was like, uh it's just uh it's just it's just wood. I mean, that's just materials that we have here. There's no need to there's no need to pay for anything, you know. It's just uh He said, the the side frame fell off. I said, I know, but Mrs. Rosa, uh," oh, no, I went back and told her. and She said, you go back there. You are going to, you tell him to charge you something. You are going to pay for that. (laughs) That's a bitch. (laughs) I went back there, and I told him, I said, she says you have to charge me something. He said, well, listen, he said, "Uh, I heard I heard that you uh, helped me out today and uh, you know, I'd like to help you out back. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, I heard that uh, this morning that you saved my wife's car from uh, rolling into the school in the parking lot. Oh, and he said, yeah, I heard about that. And he said, so, you know, I, I don't mind just taking care of this. If she says you have to have a charge, you know, what What do you want it to be? And I was like, um, I have no idea. And he was like 10 bucks. And I was like, okay, sure, and so he put the charge on it, and uh, um, it was cool that karma took care of me because I saved that car. Mm. And um, when I got home and uh, told my dad about it, he said, "Well, the home insurance is going to pay for it anyway, like it did when I broke the uh, the wrestler's scales by jumping on them, the weight scales." <laughs> <laughs> I was a squirrel. I was squirrely. Yeah, I was jumping on the scales in the gym, I guess, and broke them. And, and uh, so my dad's home insurance had to pay for it. But that was that's a little story about karma, though. Like out of nowhere, like bam, like hey man, you helped me out, and um, I feel like I owe you one. I'm gonna help you back out. It's good to have. It's good to throw good energy out there with no expectations. But believe in karma; it takes care of all of us.
1: Absolutely! Wow, yeah, that's a great story, Rob. Holy smokes, for the, the man, how that all ties in together is great. It's awesome, and I'll tell you what—that really hit home with me today because I've been thinking about a lot of stuff when it comes to that aspect of my life. Uh, like, not necessarily seeking revenge, or but just wanting to get it all to balance out in certain ways. And so it definitely hits home with me today, Rob. This good yeah,
0: stuff. I, I, our radiology suggests you. Trust in, uh, in karma and have faith in, in balancing out and do your part to keep your karma good.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm de- I'm definitely heeding that advice this week, too, because there's been a situation I've been thinking about that's been, I can definitely tie that in with. So
0: awesome. Hopefully, hopefully, other people can relate as well. Let us know in the comments. Let
1: us know in the comments down below. Hit the rvdpod.com and go right to his YouTube page. You can check out all the rvdologies that he's done. Uh, On some of the episodes, we're going to get all the full episodes here eventually up on the YouTube, and uh, check out the clips and comment on that. You know, ask questions, anything like that. We'll pop it up on here. We're not afraid to do that. So uh, next week,
0: we're Starcade. Yeah, Starcade.
1: Starcast Starcast Six happening in Chicago, Illinois, Schaumburg, Schaumburg, Illinois, at one of the hotels there. So, and you're going
0: to you're going to ask me questions on a live Q and A
1: we're gonna last live q a me and rob are gonna to be together if you go see rob at his table he'll give you one of these stickers here and i'm gonna give it to him so check those Thank out you. say hi to rob meet rob get something signed and then go watch the stage show and uh check out hey,
0: ask me shit
1: ask him shit he'll answer him for you and he'll sign something real nice for you too
0: so appreciate it once again dominator
1: appreciate you too rob and we appreciate you guys too for tuning in this week here gone. One of a kind. Uh, RIP and God bless to uh, Ray Wyatt and Terry Funk this week.
0: So, RIP. All right. All well right. Thank you.
1: So, see you guys.
2: I was waiting for some kind of sign, some kind of indication. I was wasting my time. I got myself about the basement. I faked it long. I was patient, I put up a fight I kept saying to myself, oh the future is bright I-